like to better understand the Bible? How can you grow as a Christian and find personal peace? What happens at the second coming of Jesus? What is the relevance of Bible prophecy today? How do you identify a cult? What happens when you die? Here is your opportunity to find answers to these and many other questions by exploring 30 not only relevant, but life-changing topics that await your discovery. Welcome to Search for Certainty. I'm so glad you can join us today. I'm your host, Gail Fong, and with me in the studio today is Hannah Nakagawa. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you, Gail. It's so wonderful to be in the studio together as we study God's Word. And our topic to begin this series today is how to understand the Bible. Mm. And it's interesting, the Bible unlocks the hidden secrets and we can discover them for ourselves on this journey of faith. The Bible was written over 1,500 year period. It contains 66 books written by about 40 different authors. The Bible's authors deal with the most difficult and controversial topics imaginable, yet they agree. They don't contradict one another. And these writings give evidence of divine inspiration. But Hannah, I love the central theme in the Bible, which is Christ, the Savior of humankind. The Bible story begins in Eden, God's perfect world, and ends in Eden, God's perfect world restored. Before sin entered the world, God communicated directly with Adam and Eve, but sin separated our first parents from God. Today, face-to-face fellowship with God is no longer possible, but still the heart of a loving God longs to communicate with a planet in rebellion. So before we begin this amazing journey of faith, Hannah, may I invite you to open with prayer. Yes, sure. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you. We praise you for who you are. You are God who are faithful. You are God who is always good. Um, Same yesterday, today and forever. Father, as we um, open your words and come to uh, study your words, we invite your Holy Spirit to be with us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. And I pray that whoever are listening to um, this lesson, may your Holy Spirit touch their heart. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious and loving name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's begin this wonderful journey. And we may begin with uh, 2 Peter, going to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. And we want to look here for how does God communicate with a fallen race? So Hannah, if you have that verse, would you read that for us? Yes, sure. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Wow. So how does that verse share with us how God is trying to communicate with us now that we are in our fallen condition? Yes, Um through um, the word of God, through the prophecy, and it did not come by the will of man. It was uh, through the Holy Spirit. So um, God did not um, 
write actually as a pen.、Uh, he didn't do move the pencil, but he inspired、um, holy men, prophets, to write the word of God. I love that explanation, which leads us actually to the next verse in Second Timothy three and verse sixteen. Since the Bible was written by human beings, how much of it is actually inspired by God? Second Timothy chapter three and verse sixteen. Thank you, Hannah. The Bible says, "All Scripture." Is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Wow! So that the Bible is very clear that we can trust the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. That's right. It says all Scripture, not some of them, not just Old Testament or New Testament, but all of them are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen. The、mm. whole sixty-six books, and you know, Hannah, that's thought inspiration, not verbal inspiration. God is an amazing God, and God reveals so much in this in in His Word. It reveals God's plan for His people before Jesus' birth, the New Testament, the last twenty-seven books of the Bible, from Matthew to Revelation, reveals. The birth, life, death, and resurrection、mm. of Jesus, and it especially describes God's instructions to His church today. Amen. So we can see that the Bible is is one of unity. It、yes. never contradicts、mm. itself. Well. It's interesting, Hannah, since scribes copied the Bible repeatedly throughout the centuries. Is it still reliable today? How long would the Word of God survive? We're going to turn to the Old Testament, to the ancient book of Isaiah. Yes, Isaiah chapter forty and verse eight. So, Henry, thank you for reading that verse for us. Isaiah chapter forty and verse eight. Yes, it says, "The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever." Wow,、mm. it is amazing. We are living in a very changing world. Everything is changing around us, but the word of God never changes. It stands forever. I love that concept, and it's also amazing because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. That's right. Just like His word.、Mm. You know the same Holy Spirit who inspired the Bible has preserved it throughout the centuries. Recent archaeological and historical discoveries have further confirmed its accuracy and reliability. Here are just a few examples, Hannah, of archaeological discoveries that confirm the truthfulness of the Bible. You may have heard of the Rosetta Stone. Yes. Have you ever been to、uh, the museum, the British Museum? No, I haven't actually. <laughs> I actually haven't either. But that's where the Rosetta Stone is housed、oh. there, and it's been there since 1802. This Rosetta Stone was discovered in 1799 in Egypt、mm-hmm. by Napoleon scientists. Was written in three languages: the hieroglyphics, the demotic. And Greek, 
it unlocked the mysteries of the hieroglyphics and helps to confirm the reliability of the Bible. Wow. You know, there are other archaeological discoveries as well. And Hannah, what could you tell us about the Moabite stone? Have you heard of the Moabite stone? Yeah, um, it was discovered in 1868 um, at Jordan confirmed that um, Moabites attack on Israel, as recorded in Second King chapter one and three, was true. Wow! Mm. So that's really going back in time, isn't yes. it? To the Book of Second Kings, mm. and I believe the Moabite stone is. You can you can view that in the Louvre Museum in Paris. Wow! So that is where that is. Mm. And uh, apparently they've also made a copy of that original stone and that's at the University of Chicago. Mm. Yes, that's a second copy there. There's also um, the Cyrus Cylinder. And that records Cyrus's overthrow of Babylon in 539 BC and the deliverance of the Jewish capture as recorded in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 5 and prophesied in Isaiah 44 and 45. That's amazing. And you can view that one in the British Museum as well. Hannah, the Dead Sea Scrolls, they do stand out in that perhaps one of the most recent discoveries. Mm -hmm. What could you tell us about those? Yes, so it was, uh, Dead Sea Scroll was discovered in 1948, which is very recent, um, date back to 150 BC. And they contain portions or the entirety of every Bible book in Old Testament. And more than a half century of study by the world's best linguist scholar confirmed the accurate uh, transmission and copying of the Bible text. Wow, that is amazing. It is amazing. And, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, you'll find them in the shrine of the book, part of the Israel Museum in Jerusalem. Mm. I actually remember when they bought portions of that to Australia and actually went to the museum in Sydney and could see portions of the book of Isaiah. Wow. It's all under glass, of course. Yes. But it's so amazing how God's word is confirmed through Mm. the archaeological discoveries. That's true. The psalmist has this beautiful verse in Psalm 119, verse 105. And God tells us the purpose in giving us the Bible. Hannah, would you read that for us? Psalms 119, verse 105. Yes. The Bible says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That verse is actually a song. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. <laughs> Correct. And it is truly, isn't it? It's, it? it's going to direct us in our path, yes. in our walk in life, because this world, we're looking for direction. We're looking for answers. Yes. And when we go to God's word, it, it's like a lighting our path mm. as we read and study the Bible. It will penetrate into the darkness and provide light on the path ahead. The Bible enlightens our understanding. Mm. Now, I love these words of Jesus in John seventeen seventeen, And here the Lord tells us what is the source of God's truth. John chapter 17, 
and verse 17. Yes, it says, Jesus says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So um, the word of God is truth. Amen. Truth is definitely contained in God's word. Yes. And Hannah, I've discovered that for myself. Mm. Believe, and you and your journey to find truth. Yes, that's right. It is um, discovery, and this is um, more and more we can learn, and um, that truth really uh, make us free, like um, bless us abundantly. Amen. With so many people interpreting the Bible differently, is it possible to know truth? And we go to the book of John, that's in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. Thank you, Hannah. It says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Maybe I was going a little bit ahead, <laughs> but yes, this um, this is amazing. There is a truth, and that when we know the truth and receive the truth, that answers a question that makes us free from confusion, from deception as well. Amen. And the truth does, it also brings us freedom from addictions mm. uh, and the power of sin. And Hannah, I might just throw a verse in there in Romans chapter 8, verse 34 to 36. That's in harmony with that thought. Romans chapter 8 and verse 34 to 36. Yes. The Bible says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Mm. So he has power to deliver us from sin. Amen. And it is addictive. Sin is addictive mm. because we actually enjoy it. It comes very naturally. Mm. But God wants people to reach their full potential in Christ. And I love the promise too, just on that, uh, chasing that little rabbit there in John 10, verse 10. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, He came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. And I think that's what the world is seeking abundant life. Well, what is the first principle? of understanding the Bible correctly. We go back to where we began in the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1 and verse 20. Yes, the Bible says, Knowing this first that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Mm. Yes, so that private interpretation, Hannah, we don't want to know what I think or you think. That's right. Let the Bible uh, interpret itself because it says that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. We tend to or we want to interpret the way we want to know, but no, we should let the Bible interpret what the Bible says. Correct. So it's important 
to not press our own narrative when we study the Bible. That's true. But we need to let the Holy Spirit guide us. Mm. Yes, because that's the whole purpose is God wants us to know him. Yes. And in knowing him brings life more abundant. Mm. What attitude, Hannah, is essential as we understand Bible truth? Do we need to have the right attitude? And we go back to the Gospel of John, John chapter 7 and verse 17. Yes, the Bible says, If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. This is what we are we are talking as well. But we, if we are willing to do God's will, that's when the Holy Spirit can lead us, guide us, and we can uh, be led to the truth. But if we just, you know, are not willing to God's will, we can be stubborn and we cannot know the truth. It would definitely make it much more difficult, wouldn't it, if we weren't willing to be open-minded mm. because... God is longing to guide us into all truth. Yes. And so, yes, as you said, Hannah, it is so important Mm. to have that humble heart and being willing to allow God to teach us. It definitely is a heart experience. Yes. And it's not just merely a mental exercise. I've discovered in studying the Bible, it's not like a history book where you can just open it up and say, well, I've, I've done that chapter mm. and I've done that. I find that I continually get new thoughts That's and true. new wisdom yes. as I study the Bible yes. because God's Word continually speaks to our hearts. Mm. Definitely. It is a living word that God speaks to us. And even the same text, same story that we read, it's different things that we every time we read and learn from God because God is speaking to us through the living words. Amen. Yes. And the promise is he will guide you Mm. into all truth. Amen. When we have that humble, teachable heart. Amen. Well, why do some people have difficulty understanding Bible truth? Mm. So we're going to go to the ancient book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6. Now that's in the Old Testament. And Isaiah was known as the gospel prophet. So thank you, Hannah, for reading that verse for us. Yes, Isaiah 53 verse 6. The Bible says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's quite amazing, isn't it, that the Bible says we've all turned our own way. Yes. We haven't been listening to the Mm. voice of God, but we just naturally do our own way. That's right. We are so inclined to choose evil as well, naturally. And, um, yeah, it is probably easier to choose our own way because the world is, you know, more and more evil and many people choose their own way so it is sometimes many times very difficult to choose and stand up for god's way but yeah um, that's why it is difficult Mm. yes now there's another verse in second corinthians chapter four and verse four 
that it talks there about another god, but this time it's a little G-O-D. And this is another reason. This is really the reason as well. Yes. They have Um, trouble understanding truth. mm, The Bible says, Whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Wow. Mm. You know, in the New Living Translation, so Hannah, you're reading from the New King King James James Version. That's right. I like that version. (laughs) It's a great study Bible. Mm. And I looked up this verse as well in the New Living, and uh, it actually puts the name there of Satan, starts with Satan. It says, Satan, who is the God, the little G-O-D of this world, Mm. has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Mm. Just just putting it, I guess, in a a little more modern context there. Yes, Satan is busy working to um, just blind us, I guess. Um, There's never a time that we have so many information, so many, um, yeah, so many things on the earth like we can easily reach. But at the same time, Satan used those things to blind us as well. Mm. Correct. Yes. And the, the, that verse goes on. It says, they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, mm. who is the exact likeness of God. Mm. So knowing God certainly will bring us into all truth. Yes. Yes. So understanding the Bible is difficult for some people because, as we've discussed, perhaps it's of their unwillingness to give up their own ideas. Mm. God invites you and I to seek his way, not our own. Yes. He invites us to turn from the pride of our own understanding. That's right. To humble acceptance of his revealed will in his word. Mm. If we cling to our own ideas, our eyes will be blinded by the evil one. Mm. I might just tell a little story here. one of my family members had not grown up with having a Bible, Mm. had never read the Bible. And um, so the words of Scripture were foreign to them, although they did love God from the church that they were taken to. Mm. But it wasn't until that they purchased a Bible for themselves and actually began to read it that they saw how accurate the Bible was. Wow. And it wasn't just something that was written the other day, but it was God's word. And from beginning to end, they could see that this word was true and faithful. Wow. It changed their lives. Mm. And although they thought they loved God, they learned so much more about God from reading the scriptures. Wow. That is amazing. Um, there is a power in the Word of God that really change our life and transform our life. Amen, mm. Hannah. I'm so glad for the Word of God. Amen. Well, what does the Bible tell us we should do to understand truth? Acts 17 and verse 11. Now, Paul wrote this book. Mm. Yes, Acts 17, 11. The Bible says, 
These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scripture daily to find out whether these things were so. I love this verse. Um, they were very ready to receive the word. And not only received the word, they searched the scripture daily. I think that is amazing um, because they tested the Bible and yes. searched it by themselves. Not only just listening and believing what people said, but they um, searched by themselves and, you know, um, thinking, oh, is this true? Oh, you know, they had the attitude of searching by themselves. That is amazing. It is amazing, mm-hmm. Hannah. And when you think that they were actually listening to some of the most marvelous preachers of the time, That's which true. was the Apostle Paul mm. and uh, Silas that were preaching in the synagogues at that time, to think that they actually went home and they checked the ancient scrolls to make sure that what they said was correct. Yes. Because they would have been teaching them about Jesus, mm. that he was the true Messiah. And they would have discovered there were so many prophecies mm. in the Old Testament that had just been fulfilled. And Paul was preaching on that. Yes. Wow. That is such a good point. And we can also have the same attitude as them, not only just Um, listening to people, but we can search by ourselves. Yes, it's amazing what you discover Mm. when you do dig deep into God's Word. Yes, amen. And so that really stresses the importance of not just hearing the Word, but studying for yourself. Mm. We can't rely on what others tell us. God wants to invite you personally to a personal discovery of truth from his word. The Bereans daily searched the word of God for themselves and they did discover truth. And we can do the same and experience that same abundant joy. Well, if God is guiding us into truth when we study the scriptures, what method of Bible study will especially be helpful in discovering God's truth. We go back to the ancient book of Isaiah. Yes. Chapter 28, verses 9 and 10. Yes. It says, Whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand a message? Those just um, went from milk, those just drawn from the priests. For precept must be upon precept, uh, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here are little, there are little. Hmm. Amen. That precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. What would that mean, Hannah? Yes. Well, I guess that when the Bible talks about, um, for example, um, about the Bible, we can, um, whole scripture um, talks about it. Um, here are little, there are little. Um, we need to um, find all of them um, holistically, not just taking one verse and conclude that, oh, this is what we say, but we see uh, here are little, or oh, there are little, and we put the piece together so that we can see um, whole picture and know what the Bible says. I like that thought of a jigsaw puzzle, yes. putting the pieces together. That's right. That's right. And some jigsaw puzzles are extremely difficult yes. <laughs> when they're all the same shade. Yes. 
But just like we're doing right now mm. in our Bible study, yes. we're not just looking in one book of the Bible, mm. but we're actually going all over the Bible yes. on verses that connect with this topic, mm. how to understand the scriptures. Yes. And so we're finding that as we do that, that we're going to find a picture of truth. Mm. And it's God's truth. Yes. It's not what you think or what Gail thinks, mm. but it's about what God, God says. Yeah. Amen. Well, as we do that, what about 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 13? And Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul as well in the New Testament. Yes. Our uh, first Corinthians chapter two verse thirteen it says These things we also speak, knowing words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, uh, comparing spiritual thing with spiritual. Mm. That's very important, isn't it, Hannah? Yes, that is true. We need the Holy Spirit to understand because without spirit we cannot understand the word that is inspired by the Spirit. Mm. Correct. And Hannah, when we began our Bible study, yes. we actually opened in prayer and you invited the Holy Spirit yes. to teach us and mm. guide us. Mm. Yes, every time we read a Bible, first thing we should do is actually asking the Holy Spirit to lead us, guide us. Amen. Mm. And God will always lead us into what is truth. Yes, amen. He's a God of truth. Yes, as we open our hearts to the Spirit's influence and compare spiritual things with spiritual things, God will guide us. That's his promise. So God invites us, he invites you at home to study all the texts on a given subject before coming to a conclusion regarding what the Bible teaches on a particular topic. Mm. You won't be disappointed. It's a wonderful journey of faith. Yes. And just step out. As you take that first step, you'll be keen to take the next and the next because you'll see the pieces making a beautiful jigsaw puzzle, a beautiful picture of truth. Yes, that's right. That is the amazing thing that we never get tired of studying the Bible. more we study, we find more things and we um, get to know about God more and more as well. And this journey is just amazing that we never get tired. <laughs> Amen. Well, Hannah, what guarantee has Jesus given to ensure that as we study the Bible with a sincere heart, we will be led into his truth? John chapter 16 and verse 13. So we're back in the New Testament again. Yes. John sixteen thirteen. it says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whether he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Mm. That's a promise that God has made to us. And Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to guide us, yes. as we've said, into all truth. truth. Mm. Do you know, Hannah, I love that verse. It says it's impossible for God to lie. That is true. Mm. He, he cannot lie because mm. he is a God of truth. Yeah. 
so we can trust his word. But that's something you have to discover for yourself. That is true. And we can always um, claim the promises in a Bible, true, because Bible has full of promises. What a blessing that we can claim it and um, always remember that God is near to us. Amen. Well, who is the central theme of the Bible? And we stay in the Gospel of John, John chapter 5 and verse 39. Yes, John chapter 5, 39. The Bible says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. Hmm. So the scriptures reveal Jesus yes, as our right. Savior mm. all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. Yes. He is the central theme. Mm. That's right. Um, some I used to think, oh, is Jesus only in the New Testament? But no, uh, he's in um, Old Testament as well. He's everywhere. Amen. He is. He's all the way through. And we're going to discover that as we continue on this study journey. Yes. What will happen, Hannah, in our lives as we study the precious promises of God's Word? We turn to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Now, that's in the New Testament. It was written by the disciple Peter, became the apostle Peter. Yes. It says... As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Mm. There's a mention of those promises there. Yes, that's right. Um, Exceedingly great and precious promises. Yes, this is amazing that um, we will be, um, we may be a partakers of the divine nature. What a promise here. It's a a fantastic promise, Mm. Hannah. It appears that the power of the living Christ, he, God is longing to transform us. Yes, that's right. I love it. It says that having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust as well. Yes. We are living in a corrupted world that is full of sin and lust, but we can have that escape, the way of escape to the um, divine nature, which is righteousness. Amen. And that change happens through his divine power. Yes. Amen. You know, there are so many other prophecies in the scripture. And I thought we could just quickly look at one. And that would be Jesus' birthplace. We did say that there is so much evidence in the Old Testament that point to Jesus in the New. And if we went to the ancient book of Micah, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, we find there that there is a prophecy about Jesus and where he would be born. Mm. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, um, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. 
Wow. So here we have in the ancient book of Micah the mm. prophecy of where the Savior of the world would be born. born. That's interesting that God is so detailed. And just a little snippet there. I mean, I didn't realize this years ago, but there were actually two places called Bethlehem. Oh. And it specifies Bethlehem Ephrathah. Ephrathah. <laughs> I probably can't say it correctly. And that was in the south. That was where Jesus wow. was born. But in the north, the other Bethlehem was found, and that was near Nazareth. Mm. So even this specific place, and so it would not be confused, wow. is outlined in the Holy Scriptures. That is amazing, and I did not know that. That is so cool. We cannot deny this uh, and another interesting thing about that place of Jesus' birth, it was placed at the city of David, and this is where King David was born. He also was born oh. in Bethlehem, Judah. Wow. Yes, interesting. Well, Hannah, there is so much evidence for God mm. in the Bible. Yes. The accuracy of God's word is beyond comprehension. That is right. To think that it's been handwritten by scribes down through the centuries mm. of time and then to find the um, the Dead Sea Scrolls and yes. find the accuracy as you compared that with what had already mm. been translated. Wow. It, it just proves so much without a doubt mm. that this book is not just an ordinary book. That is true. This is really the holy book. Yes. It really is God's word. Word of living God. The word of the living God. Yes. You know, there's prophecies in the scriptures about ancient Babylon. There's prophecies about Tyre. Yes. There's prophecies about Jerusalem's mm. being overthrown. There's prophecies there where Jesus even predicted the Jewish temple's destruction. Wow. That's in Matthew Maybe we could read that one too before we close. Yes. Matthew 24 yes. and verse 1 and 2. Matthew 24 verse 1 and 2. Yes. It says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciple came up to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Mm. At the time, that seemed impossible. That's true. Nobody would want to believe in it. Yes, that was 70 AD that it happened. Yes, but it was going to happen because God said so. Yes. You know... God is accurate all the way through. And the Bible, yes, as we study the Bible, the power of the living Christ will transform us. Mm. You know, millions of people throughout history testify to the explosive power of God's Word. As they've studied its pages, they've found an inner peace, a new joy, and life-changing power to overcome undesirable habits. As you continue on this fascinating journey with us of discovery, you too will discover God's amazing plan for your life 
and we'll experience the secrets of living life to the fullest in the 21st century. You know, Hannah, whenever I study God's Word, it's always good to make a choice of what you're going to do with what you've heard and what you've studied. That is so true. Um, Bible has a transforming power. It's not just learning, but actually change our life and we can apply what we learn to our practical life as well. Amen. And so our decision for today, it it says, it is my determined purpose to allow the Holy Spirit to shape my life as I open my heart to discover Jesus' love and truth in his word. I pray at home that that would be your desire, that you would want to open your heart, to allow the Holy Spirit to shape your life, to discover Jesus' love and truth in his word. Yes, this is my desire that we, um, I will allow God to shape my life in his image. Amen. And that is my desire too, Amen. I've enjoyed our first study together and I'd like to close this study time in prayer. Let's pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we've begun this journey of faith. We don't yet fully understand you, but you're revealing yourself slowly to us as we're hearing your word, as we're willing to open our hearts to you. We invite the Holy Spirit to take us on this journey of faith. Amen. Teach us through your word that we may learn of you, that you are a God that is trustworthy, a God who is faithful, a God who knows the past, the present and the future, a God who's interested in our lives personally, one we can trust. I pray, Lord, that every listener will experience this new joy in their heart and long to continue to know their God better. Thank Mm. you, Lord, for your presence and guiding us today and always for forgiving us and loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that you will come and join us again as we begin our next study. Our next time will be our day in the light of Bible prophecy. Yes. We can have certainty for Mm. the future. Yes. Thank you for being with us, and we look forward to your company next time. Thank you, Hannah, too. It's been wonderful to be in the studio with you today. Thank you. It was such a blessing. Amen. I've really enjoyed our time together and really look forward to our next time together and having our listeners with us as well. Until then, God bless you and go in peace.
If you have questions or comments about any of the programs you've heard, you can call 3ABN Australia Radio within Australia on 02 4973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 612-4973-3456. Our email address is radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. That is radio at the number 3abnaustralia, all one word, dot o-r-g dot a-u. Our postal address is 3ABN Australia Inc., P.O. Box 752, Morissette, New South Wales, 2264, Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Give me the Bible, star of gladness to cheer the wanderer, Lord, and tempest tossed. No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beam me. Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost, give me the Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining, till night shall vanish in eternal day. Give me the Bible when my heart is broken, when sin and grief have filled my soul with fear. Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken, hold a face lamp to show my Savior near. Give me the Bible, holy message shining, thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, long love combining, till I shall vanish in eternal day. Give me the Bible, all my steps enlighten, teach me the danger of these realms below, that lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten, that light alone the path of peace can show. Give me the Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, Lord, love combine. Till night shall vanish in eternal day. That was Fountain View Academy singing, Give Me the Bible. Coming up next, the Hamilton family will sing the greatest story ever told. Sin grips the heart within, a curse on fallen men. This pride and selfishness we hold inside. Humble 
to God's Favourite Shepherds, a collection of 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters, with many of the stories ending with a short quiz. Listen now to the author of God's Favourite Shepherds, Bill Ackland. The story I would like to share with you today is entitled, Men on a Mission, Gifts from Gentiles. And this story is based on Matthew chapter 2. My friends and I are favoured, having been born into the ruling class of our country, a long way to the east of the Great Sea. We had never been that far to the setting of the sun, for there was sufficient interest in our country to hold our attention. Little did we realise what was to happen very soon. We are philosophers, and although idol worship is present in our country, we have thought otherwise. Our special study has been the stars. We have seen that there has been a pattern from year to year in those great lights so far away from us. To be frank, we are fascinated with those heavenly bodies. We have come to believe that all the stars we see above us each night were put there by a mighty one, a being so wise and powerful that he will ever be beyond our knowledge and understanding. And then one night, 
Each of us in our small group had the same dream. We were told that very soon, a star we had never seen before would appear in the night sky. It would be easily recognisable, for it would be much larger than the other stars, and perhaps not too far from the world on which we live. More than that, in the dream we were told that we were to be prepared to go on a long journey in the direction of the great sea. The guiding star would lead us to the baby who would be born and destined to be king of the Jews. Of course, we knew the checkered history of the Jews. Anciently, their forefathers had lived a somewhat nomadic life in the land of the Canaanites. During a devastating drought, their extended family had moved to Egypt, where sometime later, the ruling pharaoh enslaved them for hundreds of years. Their great leader, Moses, then came on the scene, and after terrifying plagues sent by their god, the Jews were released, travelling on a 40-year journey through the wilderness to their promised land. I don't have time now to tell you all of their good times and bad, mostly bad, how they found themselves under the control of the Romans. We made a study of the ancient writings of the Jews, for some of their scribes left scrolls in our land when they returned to rebuild the wall and the temple in Jerusalem hundreds of years ago. In these scrolls, we found that a saviour would come who would be a special kind of king. With this background knowledge, and as the result of the dreams, we made ready for the long journey to find this one of whom the prophets wrote. We counted ourselves most fortunate and blessed to be told that a special star would guide us on our journey. Knowing that the baby would, we would see would be no ordinary human baby, we determined to take very precious gifts to him. We hoped his parents would tell him about us and our visit and how honoured we felt to be able to assist his family in this way. Several months later, we reached Jerusalem. That is where the star guided us and then disappeared once we had reached the gates of this famous city. Now that we were here, how could we find the one we came to worship? We made inquiries of the common people, but they didn't seem to know what we were talking about. Even the religious leaders were indifferent to our visit. We were just about ready to return to our homeland when we received an order from the king, King Herod, to go at once to his palace. When we arrived there, he seemed very interested in what we had to say about our long journey following a new star in the night sky and that a new king of the Jews was to be born about that time. He summoned the priests and the rabbis and inquired of them just where this new king would be born. Initially, they were somewhat indifferent to the king's request, so he urged his questions upon them. They grudgingly said that the king who would be the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem in the province of Judah. So King Herod told us to go to worship the baby as we had planned, but to be sure to return to him, to tell him where this new baby was, so that he could go to worship him too. We headed off the very next night, for the star that we knew so well had appeared again. We did not stop until we got to Bethlehem, not too many miles down the road from Jerusalem. There we were directed to the humble place where this baby king had recently been born. 
we were all strongly impressed that this was indeed the one we had been told about in the dreams we had several months ago. With great joy and adoration, we all bowed low before him and worshipped him. What an honour that was for us, for none of the religious leaders of the Jews had seen this precious one. Before leaving, we gave the valuable presents of gold, frankincense and myrrh to Joseph and Mary. Somehow we felt that these gifts would be a great help to this humble family. Little did we know what was ahead of this special family. The night before we left Bethlehem, the same angel again appeared to us in a dream. He instructed us not to go to see King Herod, but to return to our country another way. We were fortunate that over the years, many roads had taken different routes from our part of the world over mountains and across deserts and rivers toward the Great Sea and Egypt. So it was easy for us to find our way home without going through Jerusalem again. Since arriving back in our country, we have not stopped talking about the unique experience that has been ours. Here we were, philosophers from another land, chosen to visit the one who would be the King of the Jews and the Saviour of the world. We did not know how all this would happen, but we determined that the love and devotion that we had in our hearts when we met this special baby would always remain. We are anxious to hear word of this one to whom we were guided by an angel star. We are the Magi. And here is a brief quiz for you. How many men set off to follow a special star? Did these men live in Galilee, Judah, or in another country? How did they know something of the history of Israel? Did they go to Bethlehem first or to another town? What were the gifts they brought for Jesus? Did they report back to King Herod as he asked them to do? You've been listening to God's Favoured Shepherds, a book with 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters. If you have any comments or questions, or to obtain a copy of this book, give us a call within Australia on 02-4973-3456 or send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.